0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the tirerack.com studios. Tirerack.com. what we'll we you get there? Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free roadhouse protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. Tirerack.com. The way tire buying should be. Welcome in. You ever have that thing that you can't get over? You got PTSD from it, right? You got that thing you can't get over. Some people can't get over a breakup, they just can't. Some people can't get over a, a grade that they got. Man, it just... Some athletes can't get over a shot they took or didn't take. A decision that they made. But yeah, everyone has that thing that... And some people have the ability to let go and move on. Some people don't. And they get caught in this kind of vicious cycle. Sports teams have that too. Sports teams have that too. Right, where they just can't get over something i would I would contend I know that LeBron let I mean, me see I know that Kevin Durant left, but the likelihood that the Thunder would ever get over losing a three games and one lead to the Golden State Warriors when you had a home game in game six, I don't know if you'd, you'd get over that one. Nick, you guys remember Nick Anderson played in Illinois? great guy, by the way, friend of mine, he never got over missing four free throws at the end of Game 1 of the NBA Finals against the Houston Rockets. Not only did they lose the series and got swept four games to none, team didn't get over it. And, of course, Shaquille O'Neal was gone shortly thereafter, but Nick never did. Never did. Didn't get, could not find a way to get over it. And it's it's easy to say, oh yeah, just just get over it, just move on. But when you're emotionally tied to something, and you see, you know, you you see the possibility of what the future would have looked like, how much different would your future look like? You know, how much how much different would you would you look like, would you feel like, if that one thing had happened? You know. I mean the greatest example of it, I love the Nick Anderson example because if you look at the year that he missed those free throws, right? and remember at the time this is hmm, this was in the nineties, right Orlando was an up and coming team, you know they had they had Penny Hardaway. They had Shaquille O'Neal, right? And they they had the chance to be something really, really, really special. Really special. And they were Eastern Conference champions. They go on and play the Houston Rockets. And the Rockets were a team that ended up winning four games to none. They did. And they won that game 121-18. But that wasn't really the story of the game. The story of the game was Nick Anderson had four free throws. He couldn't make them. And they were never the same. It's, it's really that, that simple. And that was his fifth year in the NBA. And here's the perfect example of just how powerful this stuff is. Right? How powerful it is. He shot 70% from the free throw line. The next year... Nick Anderson, who for his career was a 66% free throw shooter, he shot 70, 70, 68, 74, 68, 70, 70. The year following that, an entire season, he shot 40% from the free throw line. He got it back the following year, shot 61%, then the next year back, 48%. He never got over it. He didn't have the free throw yips. But then he missed four free throws in the NBA Finals. I could have won him Game 1. A win Game 1. The whole series is different. And he never got over it. And you're like, why are you bringing this up, Doug? Well, who's the team most in the news today? The Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills today fired Ken Dorsey. And Ken Dorsey's only been their offensive coordinator for a year and a half. So... He wasn't even their offensive coordinator on January 23rd, 2022. Yeah, he wasn't. It was a 42-36 to 36 loss. And it's six, 13 seconds they haven't gotten over. It, it couldn't be more obvious to me. You know, they're up three points. End of regulation. 13 seconds to go. And instead of kicking it into play, which would run down run down the clock, or they have a, you know, now the fair catch rule would kick it to the 25, you, you kick it out of the end zone, so you get the ball at the 25. They completed two passes. They played off coverage, one to Tyreek Hill, one to Travis Kelsey, and they end up, you know, spiking it, kicking a field goal, winning, and sending it to overtime. Then the Chiefs got the ball to start overtime and won the game 42 36. I was watching last night with my son when the Buffalo Bills lost that game. And if you you missed it, I mean, you want to talk about terrible ways to lose a football game. They didn't play great, but it was a tie game. They did come back and tie it late. Uh, Denver was struggling to move the ball down the field. They only moved it to field goal range on what I think is an awful penalty. It's a penalty by letter of the law, but we'll talk about the rule in and of itself. And the, the Broncos were much better prepared in their special teams, you know. It was like a line change. They move the ball into, into uh, you know, they take a snap and slide it to the right. So, it's lined up where the field goal kicker wants it. Then they all get out the field. But, you know, the, the Broncos kick a field goal. They miss it. But because you had, I think there was 13 guys in the field, because they were confused. Denver gets a shorter second kick makes it, wins the game, and now the Bills fire, fire, you know, Dorsey. I don't think they've ever gotten over those 13 seconds. And how could you? It wasn't just that you, if you won that game, you were going to play for a Super Bowl. It's if you won that game, you were going to play for the Super Bowl and you didn't have to beat the Kansas City Chiefs again. Right? I mean, the Chiefs were, that was the year they could be beaten. Case in point, the next weekend, they were beaten by by the Bengals. You had them. You had them dead to rights. And you let them get away. And I'm just telling you, you never, there's just some things you don't get over. And I don't think they've gotten over it. I don't know when they will get over it. Did they win 13 games last year? Yes. Did they beat the Chiefs in the regular season? Sure. But once again, you lose in the divisional playoff round. You're like, what are we doing here, guys? What are we doing? You know, they lose to the Cincinnati Bengals, who beat the Chiefs the year before. But, you know, me, I I think it's pretty obvious what this is. This is that PTSD, that inability to get over the flaws of the past. And everybody, you start blaming everybody. Josh Allen is forcing things because he had that one perfect game. The offensive coordinator is trying to be himself, but also following that of Brian Dable. The team is not as good as it was two years ago, and you're sitting there kicking yourself going, man, we should have been in the Super Bowl. If we're in the Super Bowl, we win the Super Bowl. Bengals got the Super Bowl, played the Rams. We're better than the Bengals, yada, 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 yada. I contend to you what you're seeing Um, what you're seeing is nothing more and nothing less than past trauma. PTSD, if that works, sports PTSD. We talk all the time about teams that get to the Super Bowl but lose in the Super Bowl on how hard it is to get back to that point. This is just that, only on steroids. Only on steroids. Stu Doug show here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, do we got a lot to get to today. John Middlecoff will join us in a second. Um, I did want to play for you. This is Sean McDermott when asked if, if he had the sense things were unraffling with Buffalo. Guys are upset. They're frustrated. When you don't get the results you're looking for, you don't have maybe the production you're looking for, they get frustrated. And I can promise you it's not from a lack of effort. You know, we've got to continue to reset, continue to make adjustments that we need to make. I know the result wasn't what we wanted it to be, and but I do think there's some good football at times being played, but not good enough. We have things to work on. Here's uh, McDermott addressing Josh Allen's play in recent weeks. I think he's played well at times, and then at, at times he hasn't. And and you can't turn the ball over. Um, so, you know, we've got we to figure that out. Okay, here's Josh Allen on what's been going wrong. It sucks. Shouldn't have been in that position
3: in the first place. Um, it's a lot of bad football. A lot of bad football.
4: After this performance, do you remain confident after all the quote and to use your words, bad football that was put on display tonight?
3: Yeah, I'm still confident, but it's no secret the clock's ticking. You know.
4: That I- what leaves you still confident
2: in the offense after it's been so many weeks of kind of the same story here? Because we've done it before. Yep, but they've also done other stuff before as well. That was Josh Allen after the game last night. It's Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up with your Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio? You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporting handling, all terrain tires for on and off road adventure. Go to tireact.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRat.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's Tireac.com. sports, Tireac.com, the way tire buying should be.
5: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment,
3: oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
5: This is Uncanny USA.
4: He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
5: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs)
2: Hope you're doing well. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live from the com studios. com Unmatched selection. Fast free shipping. Free road hazard protection. Over 10000 recommended installers. Tireac.com. It's the way tire buying should be. Welcome in. Um, Jay Stu, do you have any tattoos?
3: I have no tattoos. Nope.
2: Okay. Uh, Dan Buyer, do you have any tattoos? No, not yet. No tattoos for Dan yet. I'm not, I'm not, like, trying to out anybody for having tattoos. It's not taboo anymore. But one of the things that I've noticed with guys that have a tattoo, women as well, is you get a tattoo and you're like, okay, I want another. I want another. I want another. Right? It's, it's very normal. I mean, I do this with clothes I buy. You know? I find a sweater that I like, or a style of sweater that I like. I, I buy two or three. I find a kind of pants that I like. I buy two or three. Socks that I shoes. Once I find something I like, I, I I I want more. Want more of what I like and less of what I don't. And I I think that sometimes we also try to we're really close to something, and something goes wrong. I would say, you know, like the Clippers are a perfect example. Clippers kind of have a little of this Bills thing, right, where two years ago they were humming along really good championship caliber team and Kawhi Leonard, you know, partial tear of his ACL. You know, they had other things go wrong. Obviously in the bubble they had Lou Williams, you know, go get lemon pepper wings instead of just going to the funeral and coming back. They had all kinds of things go wrong. But two years ago Clippers had a shot and uh, Kawhi got hurt. And the rest is, is kind of history. But, but I, you watch some of these reality shows, and I'm not a big reality show guy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's the idiot box. We've always had dumb things on TV that people have watched. I mean, it's one of the things about Saved by the Bell. I may be saying something you guys hate, but I thought Saved by the Bell, though it created some historical figures in our, on our childhood or teen years or college years, it was a terrible show.
3: I agree.
2: I mean, it's really a terrible TV show. Poorly acted, poorly directed, poorly written. It just was. But it became a thing. You had good-looking, you know, 20-somethings playing teenagers, and it was sort of like a teenage soap opera, you know, that kind of fed its way into 90210, which another show I didn't watch. Was that show good, Jay Stu? 90210. Good show or not sh- not good show? I I, I would you right now I've never seen an episode.
3: Real Housewives?
2: No, 90210.
3: Oh, 90210. I watched the first like few seasons and I was into it like the rest of the people, but like any other show, it it really kind of warmed then.
2: Uh what was so intriguing about it? Um well, first of
3: all, it, it was- hot. wasn't based on reality at all. They were uh 14, 15-year-olds dealing with, like, adult issues. But I think it struck the right chords drama-wise, romance-wise. There was some suspense. It was just good writing, at least for the first few seasons.
2: Okay. Um, so, look, there have been good, bad shows on TV. I'm not going to sit here and tell you all reality shows are bad. I've told people before, my son has watched 26 seasons of Survivor. And I'm okay with it because... I think Survivor is the number one show you should watch before you go into business. It's the old who you are is the crowd you keep. That's Survivor. It's about your alliances. And then while you have your alliances, you got to watch your back. Got to watch out a little bit for yourself. People who are in it for the right reasons doesn't mean that they always come through at the end. But reality shows oftentimes have people who they know they're on TV, going to be on TV. So they get a little nip here, a little tuck there. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that plaxic surgery is the worst thing ever. I have a I have a big nose. Okay, It wasn't always this big a nose, but I play basketball. I'm short. I caught elbows. It happens. Trust me. It's like, oh, you're Jewish. You had that nose. Like, no. I mean, I actually, if you look back in pictures, I had a pretty good nose. And then I got popped a bunch of times in the nose. It happens. So, whether it's plastic surgery or having the deviated septum fixed or whatever, so I didn't snore as much, like, I'd love to have that. Like anybody, my my hair's not great. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. But, I mean, what's, what's the choices, right? You go and get the little dots put in where they, they, they Chia Pet pick your hair and then put it in, or you just go El Natural, or you take some pill that might hurt you downstairs. Like, I don't know. A lot of options out there. The plastic surgery option doesn't necessarily appeal to me because I heard a comedian say this once. Tell me the hair transplant. That looks good. That looks natural. Some people think Tom Brady's got it. I don't know. Um, I know Welker did it. I know Erlacher did it. But I just, you know, I'm like, do do I need to have that? On the other hand, women will tell you oftentimes when they have something done, it's for them. Like, well, you don't need to get a boob job, babe. Your boobs are perfect. It's not for you. It's for me. I want them to be a certain way. All right. But here's the problem with plastic surgery, especially on somebody's face. We all know women at, who look like they're, they're a fish. You know, why are you always surprised to see me? And why do you look like a fish? It's the weirdest thing. Once you get into having like a second little nip, tuck, facelift, whatever, eyebrow, the first one was so great. The second one, mm, the third one, now you start to look like like a cartoon character. You start to look like a fish. Your eyes get buggy. You seem surprised to see me all the time. I was thinking about what ails the L.A. Clippers, right? I was thinking about what ails the L.A. Clippers. And um, I think they're like that woman that's gotten just too many surgeries. That's what I really think. Because if you go back and they were in the bubble, they were close, you know. And I I totally get uh, transitioning off of Doc into Tyloo. I think Tyloo is one of the elite coaches in the NBA. But they've been on this upward trajectory. You go back, you know, I don't know. You go back to the COVID year and they had it going on. Obviously, they couldn't compete that much in the, the post-COVID year because they didn't have all their players playing all their games. But that was a team with Kawhi. They had Luke Kennard. They had Marcus Morris. Right? They were trying to figure out. Zubach was on the team. Robert Covington was the 3 and D. They were really, really close. And what happened? They get to the playoffs. And Kawhi gets hurt. And they never really recover. They won in spite of it. I think they beat the Mavericks that year. So what do they do? Sort of overhaul some of the things. Moves off some pieces. And late last year, they add in Russell Westbrook. And then this year, you add in James Harden. So now look at them. Right? A team that was... That was built around two guys, with Kawhi, with Paul George, and then a bunch of other good pieces, versatile pieces, 3 and D guys, and a really good, versatile, intelligent, successful head coach. Well, now you add Russell Westbrook, who can do a lot of good things, but not easy to play with, and his minutes took away from other people's minutes. And then you add James Harden, and they're a mess. The L.A. Clippers are walking around L.A., like, they're surprised to see everybody, and their lips are gigantic because they got them, They got so much filler in them. They, they've just gone in for too much work. You had a good plan. Two guys, build a good team around them, have a good culture, have guys that don't need the ball. Those two guys will handle it. They're like, oh, forgot a point guard. Let's go get two dominant ball handlers in Russell Westbrook, who, though he racks up assists, it's not like he creates shots for people. And James Harden, who dominates the ball and doesn't play defense. They just had too much work done. But that's it. And I can't think of which reality show it would be that has too much work done, but that one for sure they've had too much work done. Chase, have you ever seen a guy get his hair done that it actually looks real?
3: Uh, rarely the case, yeah. It usually looks like a really bad rug. You know, you know, have been fooled for many years, and this is going back thirty years. Was um, the actor that plays Sam Malone on Cheers? What was his name? I, oh, I guess man. he was. I guess he was bald the entire time. I had no idea that Ted Sam Danson. Malone was bald the entire time. But he had a great, a great wig. Ted Danson. That's right. Ted Danson.
2: Ted Danson.
4: There's a Twitter page that is it Ted's, Ted Danson's birthday. <laughs> so every day it's, except one, it is not Ted Danson's birthday. Mm. Mm. But yeah, that was a good, I'll tell you what, when Bob Barker came out with the uh, gray hair, you know, when they had the new season of Prices right back in the day, that was quite the shock.
2: He had, uh, I don't remember that. I mean, I only remember Bob Barker having white hair.
4: Yeah. Well, the OGs remember the brown hair, and then because of the taping, and when you have a new season, he decided, you know what, I'm not going to color it anymore. Just let it go. So then, yeah. So then the the Monday, and this is actually it's funny because this is actually one of the things that was talked about when he had, you know, he recently passed away, but that was brought up of how the the viewer was just shocked when he the doors opened. Because they're like, hey, three days ago he was, you know, brown hair. But obviously it was a new season of the Price Right. Is
2: right. So he's taping it far different yep. times. Far different times. Have you ever seen anybody with, a, like, I, I'm sure that Burt Reynolds famously had a great rug. I just don't know anybody who's had the surgery done that looks. Maybe there's guys out there that we don't know that they've had had it done. Um, But it's hard to, I, there's so many guys out there you're like, God, why did they why did he do that it
3: just by the looks
2: way, like dots in your head
3: put that in the category of stuff that I'm not good at like I have a buddy of mine who is great at uh discovering plugs he knows if you have plugs the second you walk up to him that stuff is lost on me I guess I'm not looking for it and and the hair thing is never I've never understood the hair baldness thing anyways there's, there's nothing we could do to control how what our hair does. <sighs>
2: No, there's nothing we can do. Like, I don't understand guys that make fun of other guys when they're going bald. Like, you want to talk about someone that's completely out of your control? That one's out of your control. Like, if you want to make someone as fun of somebody's body and they were once, like, really athletic and they let themselves go, you're like, man, you let yourself go. Like, all right, that's a little bit, but okay, fine. But if you go like, man, what's going on with your hair? Like, dude, nothing. I don't, you know, it's like, I don't know. I'm a little sensitive to that. I'm not gonna lie
4: to you. Yeah, mentally abusing someone's all right in some occasions, but yes. you know, not not in everyone. No. You know. No. no.
3: I was being totally
4: facetious, but hey, that's are. just me. I know you I know you were Dan. <laughs>
2: and a, yes. a side note to <laughs> Yes.
3: A side note to any company that that does hair plugs and anything yes. else. We'd love your business. <laughs>
2: we would love your business. We'd love your business and to prove us wrong. On John Ramos's head. That's what we could do on huh? John Ramos' <laughs> head. What if John Ramos came back in like full head of hair? Full That's, head of hair.
3: That would just tell me that radio was that bad to him.
2: <laughs> yeah. Maybe the better analogy, um, uh, Dan, is like you can make fun of somebody's clothes. Like if you pick your clothes and they go, and you like, you walk out and you're wearing yellow pants with green and white, like horizontal stripes, you know, and then you're wearing a Kangol which is pink <laughs> sure and you're just going like dude what are you doing you trying to get the attention of a bull is that what you're trying to do are you trying to save us all from for attack by a bull the bull's gonna go after you do you own right. a mirror yes <laughs> do you own a mirror did the power go out inside at your house like the power went out you couldn't see and you're like this looks pretty good you know and then you went outside you're like ah it's too much effort to go back in like okay or maybe you just don't care like that's okay But things that you can't control, like, yeah, I just, you know, I can't control that. Can't control that. But the analogy was, I look at the Clippers like, you know, all of those um, Housewives shows. There's all, I mean, they've all had something done. And it's not like a little Botox here. We're talking, you get your lips, you get your eyes, the eyelids, you know. And then you just start looking. And they all end up looking the same at the end of the day. And that's what the Clippers are. They, they, they're they, starting to, you like, just, just throw more pieces at it. Like, no, that, that doesn't seem to be working. I love Ty Lue. My friends in the NBA are like, if there's a guy that can figure it out, it's Ty Lue. But I don't even know if he can figure out this jigsaw puzzle.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
2: You've put it off long enough. or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to tirerack.com/sports to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tirerack.com/sports tirerack.com. The way tire buying should be.
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: I did want to talk about the last th- incompletion but pass interference call on the Buffalo Bills. Right? That was... It was it, it was crazy. I'm, I'm not talking about the missed field goal with the 12-man on the field. The play that led to that was... Uh, Russell Wilson had taken a sack the play before. It's one of those you can't take a sack there. And, I mean, literally threw the ball up for grabs. It was floated in the air. It was probably 25 yards down the field. But we've all seen this play. and, And it's like by design, coaches will tell you to throw it short. If you remember Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, they had a lead, they had an explosive play. Was it Emmanuel Sanders in the end zone? Anyway, he threw the ball long, too far from the wide receiver. And everyone I talked to was like, look, that throw has to be either on the money or short. Because if it's short, wide receiver stops, pass interference, get the ball to the one-yard line. That's what happened last night. So I guess, I guess this is a question, how do you change that rule? I've, I've been thinking about it. Like, if it's so ridiculously underthrown, like, what is a, a guy supposed to do? You're running to chase somebody who runs like a 4-3, 4-4, and they have the advantage of knowing when the ball is coming. The ball is coming, and it's short, purposefully short, and you stop on a dime, and the guy plows you over. I mean, I think it has to be, there has to be a within-reason rule. Yeah, you can go back and catch it. It's got to be within reason. It's got to be within reason. Doesn't it? Because it just feels like that's not a play. That's not really the spirit of football. Let's just have you go long, throw it short, so you interfere with us. I don't know. Bayer, you got any suggestions for how that rule could be written and cleared up for everybody?
4: I, I You know, I don't because I actually think it was just good execution by Denver in terms of understanding because they had just been sacked the play before. They're sending everybody. So Denver recognizes, all right, we probably got man coverage. And everybody just runs straight down the field. If Russell Wilson actually throws it ahead, there's a chance Jerry Judy scores a touchdown Yes, in that scenario. So that would be the only reason why I just, you know, like I actually give Denver credit in that scenario because the play before Russell Wilson had no chance none whatsoever and and really knocked him out of field goal range like it took him back to the 45 yard line I just I don't have as much of a problem with it because if the ball is thrown out ahead of Judy it's a maybe it's a touchdown and yeah he just ended up trailing him I just think it's good you know a good job by Denver
2: recognizing the situation based on the rule and the situation it was perfect I just hate the rule. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I I just I hate the rule.
4: And and Johnson tried to turn around. Yes, like he did. Like there like there was an effort. Maybe that would be the part of if you're, you know, you're an official. Maybe you you know you give that sort of an effort because it wasn't an egregious, but there, there was contact. I just I just give Denver credit for you know putting themselves in that situation.
2: Let's welcome in John Middlecoff. Three announced the podcast, get to the NFL, a little bit better things. Um, John, I contend that, yes, there's a lot of other things that work with the Bills, but I think they've never recovered from 13 seconds in Arrowhead. What do you think?
5: Yeah, I mean, they they were pretty good last year. I I know it wasn't quite the same. That was their best team. That was clearly their best chance to win it all. So under that, you know, premise for sure. But I, I think... Remember when Holmgren left bar, he just got a little more reckless. And part of the reason, because when you have that big of an arm and you're that athletic in the peak of your powers, you start kind of feeling yourself, you get reckless. If you don't respect the guy telling you not to be reckless, and I think there's an element there. And here's the other thing. When you have a defensive head coach with a star quarterback, the simple reality is he doesn't even know the majority of the playbook. So on a given play, when there's a screw-up, he can be like, you shouldn't make that throw. But I, I've talked to assistant offensive coaches that go, you know, he can't really break down. And I might use, just saying Sean specifically, but just in general, like he doesn't really know what's going on. So a lot of it is just, why are we doing this? Stop throwing it there. And that's just the reality of when you get in the situation with a star quarterback and a defensive head coach. Like when Patrick Mahomes screws up or something happens under Sean McVeigh or Kyle Shanahan's watch, those guys know exactly why. So when they talk about it, it's easier to fix. And I think it does reflect a little bit, and I think it's pretty clear. Sean McDermott, is he's in trouble right now. And their schedule gets really hard after this Jets game. They easily could not be a playoff team. And I, I think we have to assume that there's a decent chance that he could get fired at the end of the year. And I, I would bet a ton of money that they would hire an offensive head coach. Uh,
2: I, I agree. Would they? Would they? Could they go get Dayball back?
5: If it was college, one hundred percent, Dayball would just go back to the Bills, right? I mean, that's just the way it would work. The pros, it just never really happens like that. You know, guys get under contract. Hell, we saw with Sean Payton or Sean Payton is like guys, I'm I'm out. Like just move on. It's like cool. And then a year later, like yeah, we we didn't really want you to leave. We, we don't want Dennis Allen over you, and they made him trade a first round pick. So it's just. It's very rare, the, and he was he was done. He wasn't even coaching. They had another coach. You just don't see it like college. In a perfect world, I, if I was the owner, I would want that. But also, if you're the Giants, and I know this season has sucked, but the last year was pretty awesome. I, I don't think if you're the Moros, you would even allow it. Like I just don't think there's. You give me a first round pick, even if maybe you should. I, I don't even know who your other option would be. You would just say no. So I. I think because the, the the setup of pro football, it's not even just unlikely. It's just not going to happen. I, I don't know. They, they would probably maybe like a Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator. Who knows? I mean, Peligolas now have owned this team. Once they fired Rex and went with Sean, they've had a pretty good deal, right? They've, they've just had a coach. And this is the hard part of it. I have no chance since I was with the Eagles. They were – people forget. You know, after the Jim Kelly, Marv Levy days, that's franchise. Sucked. I mean, they no, thir- were thir- really, 13, really bad. thirteen
2: years of ineptitude. Um, they had something like six head coaches in nine years, or maybe even worse. Like it was, it's been bad, and he stabilized him. Um, but it, it's crazy how this thing has spun off his axis. I, I would tell you this: like, should have won last night's game. Should have won the Jets game. There's a lot of Chargers to the Bills, but I do Agreed. think with. I think with both of these teams, they end up figuring it out, and getting to the playoffs.
5: I see. I, I don't know about that because they have this stretch where it's like at Philly, at Kansas City against the Cowboys. Their margin for error now at five and five. Now there are just some big swing games, right? Like Thursday night. Do the Bengals lose, and are they kind of playing themselves out? The Steelers, they're kind of holding on by a thread. So it's not like some of the teams at six and three, you know, that have a, just you know more margin for error you feel better about even the browns right you feel great about their quarterback situation i mean their defense has to be like the 85 bears just to keep them in games so i they're still while the afc is definitely better talent wise top to bottom every good team has some question marks
2: no question no question um okay uh, there's there's a bunch there to 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 discuss let's let's start with the jaguars like, I get that the Niners are healthy. When the Niners are healthy, they're the best team in the NFL. But, I mean, they couldn't do anything with him. How disappointed were you in the Jaguars' performance Sunday?
5: You know what's funny? Is I remember you texted me years ago. It was, like, probably during his junior season. And it was a marquee game for Trevor Lawrence. And I, I'm pretty sure the text was something like, yes. are we sure this guy's some generational talent? Yes. And it's, he's always been, like, I I was telling Coward the other day, there is no debating in NFL circles, Justin Herbert, every GM, every coach likes him. Like every, they all think he's good. Trevor Lawrence is a different story. And it gets back to some of those comments about, you know, football, everything. And he kind of plays like it sometimes. And listen, the Niners were kicking their offensive linemen's butt, but he kind of just goes into a shell when things get hard. So he definitely has the size, the speed. When he gets time, he's accurate. But he's not Mr., oh, crap's hitting the fan here. I'll figure it out. He kind of goes the other way sometimes. So I, I definitely think there's a spotlight on him specifically. I think their team is still talented enough. But the Texans are making it interesting. That's for darn sure. And, and clearly all the pressure is on the Jags. The other thing is, with the Jags, like they do have a Super Bowl winning head coach. Like there, There's some pressure on him. Just like It's a, his job. He's an even keel guy to kind of just help figure it out. They also, I would say this ran into a buzzsaw, off. And the Niners lost three straight games. They get the bye week, so did the Jags, but the Niners were desperate. They add Chase Young, that defensive line. Their defensive line is a little like the Yankees. I mean, they have unlimited resources, so if they're not getting like three or four sacks a game, there's something wrong, and they show like that's who they should be, and that's who they're paying those guys to be.
2: You know, you're bringing up some really, really good points. That are like stimulating my brain here. So let me let me get to a, a couple of things here. Um, okay, let's. You mentioned Herbert, how everybody likes him, and like, let's be honest, a lot of people either would have or did miss on him. Right? Tua yeah. was the guy, and Tua's having a nice career. He's having a good year, but clearly Herbert Herbert's better. I I kind of feel like that's what we're seeing in Houston. Like I thought. I I was always told Bryce Young was the guy. And then, you know, Ohio State quarterback, guys are wide open. He doesn't like to run. He's not that athletic. Is he another Herbert?
5: Well, one thing, like, when Herbert was at Oregon, his team was not as good on offense skill-wise. So sometimes when you play, like, at Ohio State or Alabama and you're playing with all the sweet guys, it's easy to be critical in the sense of, oh, this is just so easy. And he threw a beautiful ball. Like If you just watch C.J. Stroud throw a ball, if you watch Ohio State games, like this thing looks great, but look, look who he's throwing to. Look how much more talented. And then I think sometimes when you have a one-off game that's remarkable, you either go, that's who he can be and that's who he will be, or that's just kind of an outlier situation. That was the Georgia game. And I would say that Georgia game proved to be like, that kind of showed a lot of his true colors, competitiveness, playmaking, unafraid of the moment, dude, dude was a baller. And to me, Bryce had a lot of moments like that in college, too. The one area that I clearly missed on, because I, I liked him a lot, it's just impossible to be that small. Like, in pro sports, I don't care if you go to batting practice in Major League Baseball, obviously in the NBA or the NFL, it, it's all full of big people. And, Doug, he looks so tiny. And I, I had a scout, he, not scout. He's like assistant GM, who was in the area where the guys get weighed in at. And he's like, we, we had him, you know, throughout his career in the low 180s, high 170s in Alabama. He's like, he waddled up to the, weight, uh, to the weight station. It looked like he had eaten who knows what. He was about to blow up. He weighs at 204, and then he's like, if you watch him, he waddled him to the bathroom, and he was in there for a while. So it was, it was completely fake. And you think about it, even if it was somewhat real, he's still really short. But he looks, even with his pads on, what would you say, 185 pounds
2: max? Sure. Yeah. Can't play and football he, that he, way.
5: And CJ, C.J. looks just like a normal NFL quarterback, size-wise, on top of his physical skills.
2: Yeah. um uh, oh, what about the Chargers? I mean, how, 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 why, what? Like, they actually played really well offensively. But eight plays of 20 or more yards given up? How does that happen?
5: Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, it's just... What are they doing?
2: <laughs> what, what, what's what's actually... Ha- when you watch the film, what is actually happening?
5: I, I would say this. One thing that consistently happens to them, and it happened on that last drive, where the first play of the last drive to the Lions, he does like a dump-off, and the guy goes 40 yards. It happens a lot in college, which is understandable, right? A lot of miscommunications. In the NFL, you get big plays, but it's usually contested. Like George Kittle had an enormous touchdown. But the guy was right there... George has made a great play and then separated. It, the Chargers has happened in the playoff games and It's consistently happened over Brandon. There's no one even around. So th- there's a communication level where clearly where a guy is supposed to be, he is not doing anything remotely close to that. He's either freelancing on his own and chasing someone in the wrong direction, or he doesn't understand the play call. And that does get directly back to Brandon, who is the play caller, who, listen, I have I, I guess been pretty negative on him over the years. I bet if you got Brandon Saley on a whiteboard, he's really, really smart. But if your players don't know what you know, who cares? And that play, to me, was very symbolic of a lot of their issues in big games over the years. Like the, the DB, or maybe even the linebacker, just does not know where he's supposed to be. And maybe the guy still would have juked him and made a big play, but at least contest it. And do you, do you know what play I'm talking about? Where he just yep. comes to the, the guy just runs down the sidelines There's not even go yes. around him.
2: Yes. Um
5: How does that happen? Time and time again. Time and time again. It's
2: crazy. Um can the Raiders keep this up? The Raiders? Yep.
5: Uh, man, <laughs> I mean it's
2: I feel I feel like the Raiders I feel like the Raiders and the Broncos are just they're they're a lot like the Jets, only they found ways to win a couple and you know, the Raiders got the Jets and got the Giants when Daniel Jones got hurt. I just it's not that I don't like Antonio Pierce. I kind of want to see him get the job. I, I like I like out-of-the-box hires. I like the energy to it. I just don't think they're any good. And I definitely don't think the Broncos are particularly good. I think they're, you know, they're, you know, they, they but they beat in the Chiefs, and then they beat, and beat Buffalo at Buffalo, so maybe I'm the idiot.
5: Well, Russell's, Russell is playing much more effective than he has in uh, definitely last year and early on in the season. The problem, like the Jets, to me, and the Raiders were kind of like, you know, that Spider-Man meme. When you're quarterback, you're just struggling to make yards. I mean, you're struggling to score touchdowns. It's very, very. Like the Raiders this week at Miami. Well, if you had to guess on the score in that game, is more likely to be 35 to 10 or 24 20, right? I mean, that's a tough game for the Raiders. Like, they, they might come back to earth hardcore this week.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that's very, very accurate. Um, what about Lamar? Ah. They have been going so well. And then all of a sudden it came apart at the seams. And you mentioned you, you mentioned the Browns and how what their defense needs to play like. I, I don't know if you watched that game. First half, Lamar missed two wide open deep shots. Wide open deep shots he missed. So, yeah, we can come to the, turn, the turnovers in the second half. But if he, he hits on one or two of those deep shots, game's over in the first half. Um, are we sure Lamar is as good as their record says he has been?
5: Well, he's definitely come back to earth. You know, the fumbles, the pick at the end, you know, toward the end of the game was a little freakish, right? It bounced off the defender's hands, but I'm with you. I mean, 24-9 at home, I got a 45-0. They'll win that game. they win that guy. game. I can't lose it. I, I cannot. And uh, obviously the reason they lose, I mean, that pick six was kind of a backbreaker, but they didn't, like you said, when they played them the first time around and DTR started, they put the nail in the coffin. They just kind of let them hang around and let's give we got to give Deshaun some credit. He had the best half of his career with the Browns. He was 14 to 14, two-pointer, the touchdown pass. Yeah. Uh, he he outplayed like you can Deshaun Deshaun Watson shouldn't be outplaying Lamar Jackson in the second half of a big game.
2: Awesome stuff. Uh well, love talking football with you. Let's do it again next week. Thanks for joining us.
1: See you, buddy later.